You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Mullins Blitz coming and oh, down he goes. Untouched. Blake Martinez right up the middle on the Blitz and he gets the sack. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. Oh, Grump. How's it going? <laughs> for everybody who's listening to this and watching this, you know, if you're, I'm sure you're all Yankee fans. At this point, you're listening to this probably on, on Saturday, Friday morning. Congrats. You're very close to the playoffs, joining my Tampa Bay Rays in the postseason. So, you know, we need something for a diversion for this horrible start to this giant season. So at least we're all kind of happy right now. We're all going to be in the playoffs for baseball. And it's preseason started for hockey preseason for basketball starting. So let's not despair that life is over because our New York There's... football giants are 0 and three. I mean, <laughs> this, this, this week has felt like a year. I mean, and it, it's been quite a week for, for the giants, you know, three, three losses, you know, they had some level of a reprieve because they had that week two Thursday game. There was a big stretch of time in between. There wasn't a whole lot of time after the first game of the season to really, you know, get hammered with too many questions and complaints. And the week two game, I mean, they played pretty well despite losing. I mean, right down to the very end, at least there was some level of like adjustment from week one. But this week three matchup, I mean, they reverted right back to that same conservative gun shy offense. And and the the press hit them hard. And then on top of that, I mean, the injuries from the game too. I mean, there's the laundry list of injuries coming from that game and going into week four is. Laundry All right, time. just turn for a minute. Before we even get into injuries, let's let's address what you say about the press and the press conferences and all the comments that were said back and forth. And you know, first of all, I'm wearing my old shirt from 2007. Talk nice. is cheap. Play the game. You know, I don't want to get into this too much about these press conferences because I think people take too literally and too seriously what people say with, you know, players or coaches and it's all coach speak and all nonsense. But the one thing, you know, everything we heard all these people saying stuff, there's a lot of defensiveness and the, a lot of the questions that were asked were purely ridiculous. I mean, I was listening to the post game show on the way home Sunday and everybody kept asking all the defensive players, are you overrated? Is this an overrated bunch? I mean, this is now a press corps that kind of smells blood in the water, and they're ready mm-hmm. to get a rise out of these players and everything. So I, I don't want to hear people criticizing the players for being defensive or being selfish or me first. I mean, look, this team is 0-3. They know deep down that their season is in serious jeopardy. The last thing they need to hear are moronic questions and questions that are, quite frankly, trying to get a rise out of them. So. You know, and I don't care what the coaches say. I mean, everybody jumped on Joe Judge for it. You know, good things are coming or whatever nonsense he's dribbly said out of his mouth. It doesn't matter. Just ignore all that stuff. Don't take what they say literally. Um, but there was one thing I do want to say before we move on from this topic. I thought it was quite telling the, you know, the interaction between Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, uh, especially on the on the punt which we criticized pretty roundly on on last episode. And Garrett was asked about that, and he just said, that's the head coach's decision. You know, very flat answer, 
no emotion to it. Just you know, that, that's that's uh, that's the head coach to decide. Definitely, if you're reading between the tea leaves for that, you get the sense that that may not be the strongest of relationships in the universe. And you know, it goes back to whether Jason Garrett was brought in here by the by ownership, you know, kind of thrust upon Joe Judge or not. You know, there seems to be a disconnect on you know play calling and everything. We we don't know what's going on, but I, I definitely thought that was the one piece from this week to take away of that relationship. And you know, people wanted to be fired immediately for the for the, the bad play calling. You know, it depends on what the hold he has on the mayors and how long they want him around. I mean they may take play calling away from him, but he's not getting fired anytime soon. What what do you think of all that? Yeah, I thought there was definitely some some headbutty clash. From from what Jordan Rainon has reported is that Jason Garrett may not have been Joe Judge's hire, but it was strongly recommended from the Maras, which is almost like telling a first year head coach you got to do it. I guess I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I you can tell that there is a different relationship between Joe Judge and Patrick Graham than there is Joe Judge and Jason Garrett. You can tell that there's a different relationship, but I think. That at a certain extent, this is kind of the offense that Joe Judge probably wants to run. So I mean, it's or, or it's at least similar. You know, let's say that. Let's say the phil- the philosophy of moving the ball downfield instead of pushing the ball downfield is kind of what he's he's either all about or what he thinks is best for a roster with Saquon Barkley on it. I'm not sure. And the conservative nature of it too. I mean, that kind of yeah. seems to be fitting like the overall you know, culture that's being created by this Giants team right now is to don't make any mistakes, uh, keep it close to the vest, and I'd rather just punt it away and play good defense. So on the surface, it seems like it's kind of a match made in heaven, but yeah, but reading between the lines, you could tell something's bubbling underneath. Yeah, and to, to your credit about, like, the dumb questions, I mean, like, some... I saw, like, somebody asked Kenny Galladay, and... and Every beat reporter like retweeted this video of his answer. Uh, Kenny Galladay is being asked, uh, like, why don't you have more downfield targets or, or whatever, something like that. It's like, what do you think he's going to say? I don't like running deep routes. I don't know. what wh- wh- You're just trying to get him to call out his coach. You know the answer yeah. already. You're just setting him up. And, they're and trying to get, you know what? I to wa- get a rise out of him. They're trying to get a story. They're trying to get clicks. It's, it's so obvious what they're trying yeah, to do. Yeah, but you know what, though? It's, I mean, it's not Kenny Galladay's fault, but it is the Giants have earned this. Losing three your first three games, you've earned the, – they're not tough questions. I won't say that, but they're shitty ones. They're I mean, they're ones where – yeah, they're anti- – the only thing you can do is either say something that means nothing, like, I don't know, man. I got no answer for you, which is what he said. Or you can say the shitty thing – in response and throw your coach under the bus and be like, I don't draw the plays. I just run them, you know, or something like that, which we already know this. Like you're just putting him in a shitty position when it's not his fault. And you know, it's not his fault. So I just, I don't see, I don't see how it helps or is, is in any way constructive to ask the players certain dumbass things like that. Uh, But you know what? Winning means these questions never get asked. You know, these guys, they got to do their job. And again, they are trolling for clicks you know, in today's yeah, you know, definitely. In today's universe. It's different than trying to get a scoop for a story. Now it's about how do how do I how do I get onto the clip that goes around with me asking the question where the player gets all pissed off? You know that that you want to be attached to that thing. So when it goes viral, 
you know, it's associated with you, so you get extra follows and you get extra clicks. So or your I, publication, I the, yeah. I know exactly the game is being played. It, my thing is, so let them play that game. I'm talking to you guys, you know, the, the giant fan, you know, the smart giant fan is rise yourself above it. You know, don't yeah. – what you're hearing from the players, what you're nine times I ten hearing from the coaches are the result of years of experience and practice and polishing, you know, by handlers and stuff, how to answer a question, to be vanilla as you can. Don't take anything for seriously from it. Just – See how these guys are playing like next week. Are they playing better? Does it look like, you know, there's more camaraderie on the on the sidelines, on the field? Is there better communication? You'll know. You know, watch next week's game and see where, you know, how Joe Judge is interacting with Jason Garrett. You'll get a better sense. So I, I know it, 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 it seems really silly, but I think a, a reminder is definitely in order for this. I, I mean, I, I think that's fair. Like a good reporter uh... – I don't know, but, but I mean, the hard work reporter that earns respect is the one who doesn't ask the stupid questions and actually looks at stuff and be like, I think they changed something up. I think something got shaken up here, and you come up with a theory and show your evidence or whatever. I don't know, whatever. The good, the, the good reporter. The point is, the good know. reporter unearths news. The bad reporter tries to make but, news. Yeah, that's the and and speaking of. News-making events. The Giants signed Isaiah Wilson, uh, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, he was the right tackle of Georgia. I actually thought very highly of him as a recruit. Um, I believe he was a first-round pick by the Titans last year. He's a very good run blocker. I mean, Georgia had a badass offensive line in 2019. So, I mean... It, best, it, it was the best offensive line money could buy. And if you want to ask about it, that... <laughs> Find me on Twitter at the Cranky Fan. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about that. Um, but I don't think that you can possibly put together a worse rookie season slash off season, two off seasons really than what he had. I mean, I think he played in one total game for Tennessee, and he only played special teams, and they cut his ass. They they cut a first round draft pick after one year. I mean, that's that's bad. And that's not an organization that, like, and they're not coming off any Super Bowl victories, so uh, they don't really have the luxury to just give up on a first-round pick unless it's totally worth it. But, I mean, I mean, do yourself – I don't, I don't want to waste too much of this episode talking about it for a specific reason. Do yourself a favor and just Google his 2020 timeline. You know, there's DUIs in there. There's COVID shit. There's all kinds of off-the-field stuff. He's overweight. You know, he's, he's not – who he was coming out of Georgia this, right now. This isn't Eric Flowers bad. This is a whole nother level of just as far answers. as, yeah, as far as off the field issues, we're looking at a Will Hill type character right now. Now I will say, I don't think that he had too many problems at Georgia. So as far as I know, they can all be contained to his like COVID year and he's young. So like, Young dude gets a bunch of money, starts acting like an asshole. It's it's with this isn't a lengthy stretch of time of off the field issues like you might see with Vontez Perfect or somebody of that nature or and Will Hill for that matter, which go all the way back to high school for him. Yeah, um, let, and also let's not lump necessarily um, COVID into that mix too, because again, you know, when we're talking about a time pre vaccination decision. 
for a lot of these athletes. You know, if you got COVID, you got COVID. And, you know, again, I don't judge um, Darius Tony on his offseason base because part of it was the COVID. And I think it, I think to be fair, the same thing should be said for him. I, I just want to clarify, while he was on the COVID list, I believe twice last year, I meant specifically just that it was the lockdown year and everybody was a little off. Um Gotcha. I, I I just like the whole mentality of all of that shit was wild, and it it's it may be or it may not be coincidental that his off the field shit is perfectly in line with like that off season year kind of situation. Whatever. The point I'm making is don't get excited about Isaiah Wilson. There is a potential down the road for him to make maybe contribute in a in a fashion that will get you excited. It's not this week. It's not. Even the first half of this year, I would be surprised if he's even moved up from the practice squad at, by by the second half of the year. Here, here's here's the bottom line: the NFL is hyper competitive. The, the NFL has 32 organizations that do mm-hmm. all the scouting, all the private investigating, all the things that are out there. With a few exceptions, guys are getting on the scrap heap after week three. There's a reason they're on the scrap heap on week three. They're not diamonds in the rough. There's something. I mean, you may take a flyer and maybe you get lucky and you, you know, you find that that pearl in the oyster, but most likely it is what it is. So again, take a shot, see what happens with him. He keep his nose clean. He plays himself in the football shape, has a, has realizes his last chance, and maybe you get somebody who can be productive in the in the uh, the line rotation, but until then, just, you know, whatever. I will say the one thing that I, I think is significant about him being signed to the practice squad, you know, I, I saw like Pat Leonard, probably some other people had like real trepidation about the Giants signing him because of his off-the-field issues. That's totally understandable. Um, but it's important to remember that it's just the practice squad for starters. So, you know, not that big of a deal. I mean, I... I I think that there's probably maybe some bad influence on Andrew Thomas, which you might not want because they were teammates. They might already be close and you might get your good player dragged down a little bit. But for me, this is more a sign of circling the drain. They would never, Joe Judge, Dave Gettleman would never, ever sign a player to any contract with this team with these off the field issues like a year ago. They wouldn't. They are hurting so bad right now that... What do we got to lose? You know what I mean? Like the, the attitude totally well, changes in my opinion. First of all, I, I'm pretty positive. You know, there's a, there's a slew of ex-Georgia Bulldogs on this team. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned. But I guarantee you they've had conversations with almost every one of those to try to get a background check. You know, mm-hmm. a, 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 a first-person perspective, what is this guy really like? Is this is it worth kicking the tires? And you know, just because somebody is on a is a teammate of somebody else does not mean you have a band of seventy five best friends who all always got their back. Oh um, come on! What, what's his name? Bo um, Bo Callahan had nobody showed up to his birthday party. Nobody remember? showed up. That's see what I mean. Nobody showed up at his party. So my my <laughs> my point is is that just because they went to the same school and played on the same team, that doesn't mean that they're boys. And that's you know, true. It's, so. I, I would take that. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I, I think the bigger thing is you get intelligence, you know, intel that nobody else may have on him, and say, you know, what is this cat really like? 
I, I just think it's it's hilarious how it's both a no-brainer signing and also a sign of circling the drain. It it, it is both all wrapped in one because this this signing would have never happened at in March. Yeah, I mean, circumstance dictated it. Uh, both yeah. the record and the situation on the offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line is banged up, but it's important. To me- we didn't really mention that Blake Martinez tore his ACL. He's done for the yeah. year. Talk about I mean, burying I, the lead. That is a that's a major problem. Yeah, that that's on, that's our bad. Um, and, and you know what's funny is I read yeah, it too. I saw it early that morning, and I was just like, the yeah, hits had, just keep on coming. We had other stuff to get off our chest in the last episode. And by the way, thank you for everybody for you know. The comments and the, and the DMs and the tweets. I'm glad everybody enjoyed that show. It was very painful for us, but you know. Yeah, that wasn't times, fun. <laughs> when times get tough, that that's what you're going to get from us is just honest emoting. So, thanks for that. But yeah, I mean, we I I saw it as well, and we, the show, the last show, wasn't about you know looking ahead or listening about the next game. That was just a a puking out of emotion, and you know now we're over that. Now we're focusing on the season and. Yeah, that's a major problem going forward for the rest of this year. Not even that. I mean, we are currently looking at Saquon Barkley over one year removed from an ACL injury. How would you describe him in comparison to Saquon Barkley? Uh, 75% of the same? I was even going to go a little less than that. I was going to go probably like until he... Becomes Barkley again and is more decisive on his, you know, cuts and things and hitting the hole and stuff. He's like fifty percent, and I think a lot of that's uh, a lot of that's mental too. Hmm. I yeah, I, I mean, the the idea that I, I think it's I think it's time that Giants fans understand and football fans in general. It's not Giants fans. An ACL injury can be a career ender. It's it's time to start thinking like that. He may come back and play, but if he's not good enough, he's not gonna be good enough. I mean, it just yeah, it it's all not, the same. It may, a, it may not be a career ender, but a, a career alterer. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, I have already resigned the fact that, that when as soon as he went down and they announced that's what it was, my thought was this was no longer going to be the second overall pick in the draft and a guy that we are going to. Um, you know, base our offense around the future and, you know, quite possibly might, I hate to say this, but, you know, based on the situation, it might make life a lot easier for us down the road where Mm -hmm. if he has to be re-signed, you know, that decision's coming up at some point, he's going to command a lot of money, you know, a lot, a lot of money in a position that you shouldn't have to spend that much money for if you're building, you know, a, a, a team from top to bottom. So, you know, Obviously, you want him to be healthy and be one of the best running backs in the league and a real playmaker and change this offense, and you gladly pay him. But, you know, he has about a year to kind of prove is he had the potential to be what he was because if he wasn't, if there's a decision about it, if I'm the GM, I'm not paying him. It, 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 that's the way this league is. It's a cutthroat league. It's it, business is business. But I am not going to pay him, you know, a max deal or something coming out on the hope he gets better. I need to see something this year to give me hope that he's worth a big contract. Well, he's already signed through the end of next year because they picked up his fifth-year option. So right, he's, he does I, have some time, but I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, like, he's got to show something. You can start making plans for the future, you know. I don't even think you really need – at a running back position, I mean, they signed Devontae Booker. If, if this team didn't have Barkley and they had Devontae Booker, 
Gary Brightwell and Corey Clement, who was in here in camp, as your three running, are, are you more like is running back a concern for you? Because no. it wouldn't be for me. It's I would think that you could upgrade that. You could certainly get better, but my concerns are still the offensive line and the pass rush. So very honestly, and we talked about this the last in the last episode. If they utilized the Daniel Jones skill set the way he should be best utilized, and if this was a modern team that kind of adapted to him, Daniel Jones would be running a lot more, and that'd be the more you could have any running back back there based on the offense they're trying to run with the. You know, with the read option and stuff. So, no, that's embarrassing that the quarterback has the most rushing yards. I don't mean, Come I don't, I don't, I, that's not I'm what kidding, I said. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh, I know, it's embarrassing, I know, because how, how dare that happen. But I mean, though, that you don't need to have the greatest running back to execute an offense where you have, you know, the you know, the read option, the RPO is important facets of your offense. You're not, a running back doesn't have to create something out of nothing as much that way. It's kind of, Oh yeah, a lot making his life a lot easier. So that's what I was trying to say about that. A hundred percent. Okay, so injuries. Sorry, let's get this. Let's get this under control. The Giants' injury list is insanity. Um, Most importantly, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, and Ben Bredesen still have not practiced as of Thursday, which is when this is being recorded. Um, All of those are significant. Slayton probably the least significant because. I, it seems like they found at least something that fits this offense well with Colin Johnson. Obviously, you know, you still have Kadarius Tony to fill in some level of role. Sterling Shepard is yeah. probably the most locked-in player on the team, and him not being there, they're going to miss that. Yeah, but Grump, I'm worried about the depth of guys who drop balls. I mean, if, if, if Slayton's <laughs> out, you're only down to Evan Ingram. So I, I'm a little worried about that uh, yeah. the ability for someone to drop a key pass in a key part of the game. So hopefully yeah. he gets better soon so we can go back to our – you know, our two-headed attack of guys who just... Our, our, our pinch droppers. Yeah. Guys you throw in a pinch just to drop the ball. Ben, I don't know who's playing left guard. I don't... I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that Jonathan Harrison plays center and Billy Price moves over to guard. I believe he played all three interior spots at Ohio State. I think, according I think we, to... I according to that. my draft notes from when he was drafted, that's what I have written down. I didn't double-check it. I think you mentioned that in the episode when we first got him, too, that we can put him all over the place, too. Oh, necessary. did I? All right, good. I this is all can. sounding like it's in a trend. That's good. Uh, no one listens anyway, so we can say that, and people will know. So. <laughs> you can't say damn on the radio. Um, uh, the list of guys who are limited for the Giants is really long. Saquon Barkley, Keon Croson, Nate Ebner, Colin Gillespie, Kenny Galladay, Casey Kreider, I don't even remember when that happened, Logan Ryan, and Caden Smith. But remember what the term limited means. Limited means you are not able to execute every rep or snap in practice that you normally would based upon your if you're a first string or second string guy. So Limited is a very wide variance of what actually is going on. And it's really something for the benefit of the coaches if they want to cause some, you know, something to think about on the other side, you know, as they're preparing. Yeah, and and this is going to be kind of a big one too. With Blake Martinez out, you know, we're down to this Reggie Ragland, Tay Crowder, Carter Coughlin interior linebacker thing. Um, I would think against the Saints with Alvin Kamara and a lot of the crossing routes and, and center of the field routes and just just 
throwing the ball generally with the Sean Payton kind of offense. You'd want a lot more Tay Crowder out there than Reggie Ragland. I mean, they do run the ball, and Alvin Kamara is a very good runner. Um, I actually really liked Alvin Kamara coming out of Tennessee. Um, I would hope that you'd have more Tay Crowder out there, but he was limited with a hamstring injury today. Wasn't there Wednesday? Um, so that's gonna we're gonna have to watch that. He's your cover guy. I mean, I'm imagining there's gonna be a lot of Julian Love, a lot of Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, and Xavier McKinney. I mean, get as many coverage guys as you can. Julian Love and Jabril Peppers, for that matter, are both very good at coverage and playing the run really well. I would think that you're gonna see a lot of that. It's very simple, you know. When you're facing a guy like Jameis Winston, the guy's a dummy. Mm. You know, we, we we know where he went to school. We just know. Forget about that fact and forget about the fact he's a dummy or not. He is a guy that one week will have four touchdowns and you think he's the second coming of Johnny Unitas. And then the next week he's the second coming of, you know, I don't know, who's the shittiest quarterback you've ever seen. I mean, he's just, he's he's a guy that is easily baited into making poor decisions. And, you know, if you trick your coverage up and you confuse him and you do lots of things, he can very easily be baited. So, ben DiNucci, that fourth-string Cowboys quarterback they had last year. <laughs> he might be the worst quarterback I've seen, I think. I don't know. Who do you think is the worst NFL quarterback you've ever seen? I mean, Nucci's the one I picked is like, it's like I mean, almost who, not I mean, fair. Who's the, who's the worst like quarterback who regularly played? I mean, someone like Ryan Leaf was really bad. Ryan Leaf was really bad. He was really, really bad. Uh, Jamarcus Russell is pretty terrible. He was pretty terrible, but he wasn't just like the guy can't play in the league. Like, I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, the Giants have had some real. Dave Brown is pretty shitty. He was, and so was Danny Cannell. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's just he's a shitty human. So, yeah. We were just rattling off all the gnolls and dogs who I hate in this episode. So. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, so while the Giants have a laundry list of guys and, you know, the list of guys who are out for the year, that's also, like, well-documented. Blake Martinez, Shane Lemieux, you know, these key guys, Nick Gates, very key guys on this roster. The Saints are somewhat in the same situation. Uh, Traquan Smith, Teron Armstead is not I, is doubtful to play this game, I believe. Uh, he still is in practice. He's got an elbow thing. Um, Marshawn Lattimore, I believe, is going to play, but he's got, like, a broken hand. Michael Thomas is out. I mean, that right there is probably, like, the one saint that everybody knows. Sure. Uh, Marcus Davenport, Quan Alexander, Oni Maata, Ken Crawley. I mean, they're, yeah, this, they're this really the, hurting. This could be the time that, to catch them right now, just with all, all their injuries. The thing that I don't, yeah, I don't want to pump everybody up, but, like... Yeah. This might actually, if, if adjustments are made offensively to be aggressive and score some points, they can do that. But they won't be able to keep up with a Sean Payton offense if they don't score points. I just put out the defining drive bullshit episode for the Atlanta Falcons game. And the main thesis there is not playing to settle. Not playing for three points. They cannot play for three. They have to take shots. They have to push the ball downfield. And they've got to, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore has a busted hand, okay? That already puts him at a disadvantage, even if he's going to be in pretty good coverage. That gives your your um, Kenny Galladay, he's got the contested catch strength and skill. He can do that. You know, you, you can push the ball downfield. Ken Crawley is out. I mean, that already is going to be... The biggest problem here is going to be 
handling the pass rush and delivering it because you're not going to get Jameis Winston to throw five picks if you're not putting pressure on him. Mm-hmm. And we saw that from week one to week two with this team. Carolina actually got some pressure in his face. Green Bay didn't. And that's really why Green Bay lost. I mean, that game, the score looks dramatic, but it's really, I mean, it got down to the point where they're going for it on fourth down and just turning the ball over. And they were just, they were just turnover. I mean, that game was like 17 to three for well, a very long Well, the question is going to be, you know, can we get a consistent pass rush on them? You know, it. it's... Well, we haven't gotten best. one yet, so... Yeah, it's, it, at best, it's inconsistent. At worst, it's just not there. And... Yeah. Well, with 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 Armstead out, that does give you something, and and with Eric McCoy out, their center is out. So now your your guard Caesar Ruiz, the former Michigan Wolverine that I actually I actually liked, um, he's he's pretty good. He he's playing center, and Throckmorton, Calvin Throckmorton, uh, last <laughs> year's the, winner for coolest name in the NFL. Was he one of the bad guys in one of the Christmas specials, like the Burgermeister Throckmorton, or? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I believe that was uh, Steve Buscemi's character's last name in Airheads, Rex Throckmorton. No, I love that movie. Though. Boy, we, um, we entered garbage time in week I four know. of the Jets Giants podcast. It's it's terrible, isn't it? No, this is this is your shot. Um, you can get some pressure up the middle, and that's how you got to do it with Jameis, because Jameis can run, and he showed it. He ran pretty well against Green Bay. Green Bay could only get him from the. He just run away from it, man. He's not but a you running, get in his face. Yeah. He's not a running quarterback, but he can move if he has to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, for me, this game is going to be about three things and three things only. Offensively, be aggressive, handle their pass rush. I mean, Cam Jordan's a good guy, but I, I think Tano Passano will play this game. He's pretty good. Um, I don't know about Demario Davis. But they don't have like a crazy good pass rush, but they have enough. That, I mean, we're not very good at protecting their quarterback, so that's that's that. So you got to handle their pass rush, be aggressive on offense. Defensively, pressure Jameis Winston. They are missing their biggest weapons on offense, so get in his face. Make him throw into – he threw into triple coverage against Carolina because he was panicking, and he threw a pick. So, I mean, and, he's, and he's still done that, that guy. Entire career, exactly. Yeah, he might have had – I mean, he's with a good coach now. He's going to be better – but he is still that guy. When he panics, he's gonna try and do. He's gonna try and win the win the rep instead of throwing it away. That's what you gotta do. You gotta trick him, disguise things. And Patrick Graham, defensively, you gotta adjust. Sean Payton, to me, is the best offensive coach in the NFL. The best. That's my opinion. He will figure out whatever you came up to to play with. So be ready to swivel to whatever he adjusts with. That's my. That, those are my keys to this game. You know, it's interesting you said that, and I definitely is in the Mount Rushmore of best offensive minds, but the Giants have always put up points against New Orleans, even down there. They've put up points, but they they can't ever match how many points, ever. Well, I was going to say, the defense has always been a sieve when we've been down there, too, so... Sure. um, I don't know. I mean, to me, the key to this game is, if this team wants to start playing better, the biggest things are... Stop with the unforced mistakes when you get into the red zone and stop with the drive killers. You know, a, a silly false start here, that ill-timed, uh, you know, bad snap when you're in the red zone, you know, that untimely drop pass with it, you know, basic fundamental things. We're now in week four. So, okay, let's say we had a 
because we just completely wasted the preseason. We took two weeks, three weeks to kind of get ourselves into game shape and game reps and, you know, with practice and playing and everything. It's time, babe. It's week four. This team should be ready to play. And I'm expecting the little foolish things that may be caused by rust or just not having your reps and stuff. It has to st- has to end. That's got to stop. It's so, too late. So when we, you know, we have a nice drive at Daniel Jones is, you know, matriculating down the field, getting first downs, you know, running a little bit, finding open guys. And you're like, oh, he's got it together. We get to the 19th and it's first and 10. I don't want to see all of a sudden it's third and 23. Yeah. You know. I, I, yeah, because I, I because wonder, we ran a fucking pitch out play or a screen no, that, pass. That, no, not or, even that. I mean, that that's besides the point. We already know that we already addressed yeah. it. That the you know play to win, not play not to lose. You know, that's from the coaches. But I don't want to see something like we get down to the eleven and then the first play is a false start or an ineligible man downfield yeah, or something holding that's completely self imposed. And then I don't yeah. want to see again. The bad snaps. Now it's third and 18. So instead, what are we going to do? You know, we're just going to do a draw play. But that stuff has to stop now. Wow. Week four. I mean, give your che- – you know, this is not a big play offense. You know, there's not that many long chunk plays on this team right now where they're going to score just like that on one big play. they got to work themselves down the field. There's going to be less possessions than some other teams like Kansas City might have. So if you have one of those possessions where you're eating up five, six, seven minutes and you're going 70 yards in the red zone, you need, you know, seven points, not three. I practiced that before. Nice. Good job, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Hit me with your prediction. What's the score? This is New Orleans. We always have problems here. I don't know if it's because of crowd noise or whatever. This is also the first time that the Saints have had a home game since – you know, pre-pandemic. So I'm expecting, you know, a yeah, louder, shit. more obnoxious crowd than, than usual down there. There's nothing that tells me the New York football giants are ready to win a football game just yet. And, um, you know, hopefully there's some pride in that locker room after being disgraced by a bad team. Um, we've seen this team in the past kind of pull wins out of their their rump on the road when you least expect it. I mean, the Seattle game last year is a great example. I don't think anybody's picking us in a, uh, you know, very high in their confidence pool. I bet you a lot of people have the saints in their suicide picks. You know, this is where, you know, and again, I said this before, as dark as this season seems and as hopeless as we look and we are the butt of jokes and we are memes. We're only two out of first right now. That's true. And this is again, you know, to, to be to be honest and to be fair, Dallas is on the verge of pulling away from this division. The way they've been playing, they've been far better than everybody else. But right now, they haven't yet. And the easiest way to prevent them from running away with a four or five game lead in this division is you keep winning yourself. We'll have two opportunities to play Dallas. We'll have another opportunity to play Washington. We play horrible Philly twice coming up. There is time to make up some ground if we start getting our groove and start playing, but damn it, we got to start now winning games because if, you know, this is a new, the league is new now with 17 games. So all of that teams have gone 0 2 and 0 3. Those stats don't really mean much anymore because it's different. But I can tell you one thing you can play a 100 game season. If you start 0 4, your odds of making the playoffs are not good. So having said all of that, 
There's no chance for winning this weekend. I, I, I think this is a game where, unfortunately, because I have no luck, when there's always a good quarterback, bad quarterback, I always seem to get the bad quarterback on the good quarterback day, and I get a bad feeling that Punk Winston's going to have four touchdowns. Um, and we're going to see some confusion back there. No Blake Martinez really hurts. Yeah. Uh, a, a fast track in the Superdome. Uh, I look at this as a loss, 35 35-21, and I, I, I do have a the one positive I'm going to say that I think Daniel Jones continues to play better and better. I think he handles the adversity and the crowd noise pretty well there. I, I think I'm going to predict another game. He has no turnovers and plays pretty well. I just think this team just knows how this losers lose and will find ways to screw up a drive or something foolish at the worst time, and we just won't be able to hang. So I'm going to say 35-21, we lose. I'm going to say 34-13. I, I, I want to believe that the evidence is clear on how – I mean I've already detailed that some of this is player execution. But at the end of the day, even if the players execute, they're still not going to score a lot of points with this offensive scheme not having balls. And I'm not talking about play design. I'm saying when you call the plays that you call. They don't really call shots. So – there's no reason for me to think that anything's going to change. Now, they did call some shots against Washington, but I can't rely on them to change because they just reverted back to their week one shit when they when they you played week three. So, yeah, so I, I have, until I see some consistent scoring from this team, I'm going to assume that they're going to score one to two touchdowns and two to three field goals per game and nothing more, nothing more. Um, so and I'm saying one, 13. And, 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 and this offense, this, this offense... Yeah, this offense that New Orleans has, even with Jameis Winston, even with Michael Thomas out, whatever, they're too good for our defense if if the offense is just going to keep punting to them. So they'll just eventually start scoring even if the defense starts off really well, like they did against Atlanta, by the way. The defense started very, very good um, and eventually just wore down. Um, And, you know, like you said, I hadn't even realized that this is the first New Orleans home game in in the Caesars Superdome uh, ever. But in the Superdome in over a year, um, I, it, that didn't even occur to me that there hasn't been a crowd in there in some time. So, um, holy smokes. Yeah, yeah no remember chance. The, their first game this year, they had to play in Jacksonville because of the hurricane. Yeah. Um, around the division, this one should be pretty easy. Kansas City's visiting Philadelphia. <laughs> Name your score. Yeah, I, I, um, I said it all along that Philly stinks. You know, some people got fooled by week one, and they, you know, well, maybe, but Dallas tore them apart last week, and they would. Philly is not good. This is the beginning of the end for them. Uh, Kansas City blows them out. Yeah, yeah. Carolina goes to Dallas. This is probably the most interesting matchup. Both have shown some things. Um, I think. Though Dallas is going to pull this one out, I just they have I, I'm I'm going with the home team honestly on this one. Um, Dallas still has no defense, but they are putting up a bunch of points. Carolina they've had a real good start to the year, but I'm I, I don't know really that they're as who's, strong as they have been. Who's Carolina played? I mean they played. Well, they the played Jets. New Orleans. They yeah. beat New Orleans. They played the Jets. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, and they they played somebody else. It's, I'll look it up, but but they did beat New Orleans and pretty handily right off the bat. They started fast. Mm-hmm. 
in week um, two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, in that game, yes, they started right, fast. Right, and right. They, I mean, they sco- their opening drive was beautiful. Um, I, um, I'm starting to be a believer in Dallas. I think their offense is humming at a pace they can offset the defensive you know, deficiencies they have. I think they're going to win this one rather handily. And be ready for the Cowboys are back nonstop barrage after this game. Oh, yeah. Well, they'll be, they'll be three and one, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the Skip Baylesses of the world will be booking their flights to L.A. for the Super Bowl already. Um, the, the, the Panthers beat two very bad teams in the Jets and the Texans. But again, they did beat New Orleans and pretty handily. So I'm going with Dallas, but I don't think that this. I think this one's kind of close. Washington's going to visit Atlanta. Do you think that the the Falcons got something in their system coming off of a big emotional victory, or are we just that bad? Uh, we're that. I think we just lost yep. a bad game. I think I think Atlanta stinks. And uh, again, I'm not sold on this Washington team. I don't think their defense is good as was advertised in the off season. You know, Agree. So, so with a backup quarterback who, you know, it's better than, you know, maybe an average backup quarterback, but still show the inconsistencies of a backup quarterback. I think they lose Washington. You think Washington wins or loses? Loses. Wow. <laughs> Going with the upset pick. Going with um... the upset pick. You know, I will say th- there's there's some interesting things here. I mean, Matt Ryan is, uh, you know, we he's, he's certainly no Matty Ice, which was always weird yeah. to me that he got a nickname. But he's a veteran quarterback that's smart and he has a good arm. You know, there is some talent at the wide receiver position. You know, for them, uh, I mean, there's not much defensively. I don't know much to say about that, but. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Like he can, he can make things. Taylor Heineke is not going to do anything crazy on his own. It's all going to be game planning and coaching. Now that can be enough to beat Atlanta, uh, but I do think this one's going to be somewhat close. Uh, I still think Washington wins by two scores at least, though. I, I'm thinking 24-14 is the the closest this game gets. I just think the level of this this division the quality of play is still pretty bad you know even yeah, dallas i mean let's not get crazy with dallas i'm saying they're looking pretty good around their offense is relatively humming but let's not get nuts i mean is dallas would dallas win a division in any other division no they're, i don't they're i mean doubt, very doubtful you know maybe the nfc north washington should have lost to a very bad giants team yeah, also I mean, true. Look at, look at that way. So that's kind of why you know I'm picking the upset, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Although, although if that if the, never mind, I'm not even gonna go. I'm not, I'm I'm done complaining. That's that's gonna do it for this for this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. You guys are the absolute best. We're growing this channel very slowly, but I appreciate everything you guys are, are doing to help us out with subbing and, and the comments and, and the DMs, honestly. I, I get more yeah, DMs than just Twitter things, um, you know, complimenting on our work and stuff. So I, I really do appreciate it. And, of course, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify. Those are spots if you guys are just the audio li- – for, for, for the audio files. Um, and Twitter, at football underscore grump. Hit me up there. Um, I do a lot more talking there. Yeah, and I'm at the Cranky Fan, and you know all the things I'm into, and this is the greatest time of the year. You know, we have a uh, 
my Florida Gators are playing Kentucky this weekend. You know, we have the playoffs are starting next week and all the other stuff we said. Um, but I would say, you know, the best compliment you could give us, you know, we, we love you know, the five-star reviews and the ratings and all that stuff. But the best thing you really can do is tell your friends that are giant fans, hey, man, there's these two dopes that are, have a, a podcast and a, a YouTube show. You should check them out. Because I think yeah. that's the, the, the fastest way we're going to grow this thing and interact with more of you guys and stuff is uh, to have more, you know, have more giant fans listen and be part of our little, you know, community. Like there, you know, there's we have a bunch of regulars, you know, guys that we always interact with. We, you know, they're great. We'd like to have more of them and, you know, like to meet up with you guys before giant games and maybe we'll have watch parties somewhere in the future stuff. We, 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 we want to grow this community we're starting. So, uh you know, we appreciate all, all the love, and, and like we said, the best thing you could do is tell a friend, tell a giant fan that you know to check us out. Yeah, but absolutely, because there's a bunch out there, um, and and really they're all pretty good. So you know, whatever. But you know, just there's there's a lot out there. So make sure you tell your friends. And, um, and what we, and we other, do appreciate it. And one other thing as well is check out uh, Grumps. Um, I guess mm. once a week you're doing them, or or twice a week. After every game, the defining drive episode, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, our our mainline show is just Grump and I just, you know, shooting this shooting the shit about the game and our thoughts and predictions and everything. But Grump really, he goes into beast mode where he really breaks down the film and goes through, you know, what's the what's the key drive of a game in a win or a loss. So if you if you want to get a little more technical and a little more, you know, second level, I would definitely check that show out if you just want to hear. Us fools, Babylon, we're right here is also. But the good thing is they're all they're all on the same feed for um, the YouTube channel. So for you guys yes. who are just listening on the podcast, you know that you have to go to YouTube and check out. So go look up Just Giants and subscribe, and not the fishing show Just Giants, the the, the New York Football Giants Just Giants show, because we got to beat right. those we got to beat those pricks in having more subscribers. <laughs> to them. So that's my play a real goal. sport. Yeah, exactly. Although the Giants may be fishing very soon. If, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> maybe they, maybe that's the accurate fishing. podcast. But... <laughs> they may be ice in January when the playoffs are going on. So let's try to prevent that if we can. Oh, Jesus. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. We'll see you on Sunday for the Giants game. Go Giants. Giants.